0: You're listening to Bro Down podcast all fucking day. Oh yeah!
1: What is happening, Bro Down listeners? I'm Andy Smith and I'm Tim
0: Fulton. And this is the Bro Down podcast. Fight Fan Weekly. Fight Fan Weekly. Yes, we got some cool fight fan news for you guys. All right. So Amanda Nunes is announcing that she is contemplating <laughs> contemplating retirement. I like how you
1: did that like a fucking Facebook. Uh, clickbait article she's announcing that she is contemplating retirement
0: our, our uh thumbnail is just going to be a picture of her face with a red circle around it yeah and people gasping. and
1: like all the letters have a dash in between
0: letter words that don't have dashes in them for whatever reason but anyway continue so, Seth. so when i read this it said because she's expecting a child she is contemplating a She's not pregnant. Her her wife is. My first thought was, she fucking fought while pregnant? This dumbass bitch. And then I was like,
1: wait, I have a lot of facts wrong here. (laughs) That's a Viking move. Vikings would do that shit. If she did that, I wouldn't be happy. But she would go down as the baddest person in human history bad for a lot of reasons both sides of that both coin, sides so. of that coin. <laughs> both sides of that coin both sides of that coin so yeah so I'm not justifying it i'm
0: just say <laughs> so her wife is with child i guess she wants to do the whole family thing she's probably made fucking buco bucks up to this point she probably isn't like out of options when it comes to making more money cuz people are going to pay her to do things i'm gonna tell you what it is there's nobody else there's yeah.
1: nobody else She's beaten Ronda Rousey, right? There's three women that were, well, I guess I guess four women after the fact. But there was three in the beginning. And there was one dark horse, not dark horse. There was one queen, this uncrowned queen that had been uncrowned for a long time. You had Cyborg. She was the one that was always there, Robots always around. The three horsemen in the women's UFC divisions was Ronda Rousey, Holly Holm, and Misha Tate. Because Ronda – how dare you not
0: turn your phone off? I don't I, ever get messages. I will break it. My off. friend is here who is so, messaging me.
1: So you <laughs> had Ronda Rousey. She beat Misha Tate twice. Okay. But then you had Holly Holm come in, head kick, knockout, Ronda Rousey. And then you had Misha Tate come in, choke out Holly Holm. It's like they all had different pieces of the puzzle. Exactly. MMA math doesn't make sense. Amanda was like, oh, yeah, that's cool. Watch this. I'm going to beat the fuck out of all of you. I'm gonna beat the fuck, I'm gonna I'm gonna make Rhonda look like she's a person out of the crowd. I'm gonna come in and smash Misha Tate. And then I'm gonna head kick Holly Holm the way she head kicked Rhonda Rousey. And then I'm gonna beat up a lot of people that most people never even heard of. And then I'm gonna knock out Cyborg. I'm gonna knock her out cold in her game, in a brawl. And then it's like, who else is there? Beat a bunch of other girls that are really good, but they're not on her level. And there's something to be said for when you're that good, what keeps you motivated? If you don't think that anyone else and nobody else thinks there's anyone else, and from the looks of the landscape, she's already beaten everyone, and it looks like there is no one else that's going to challenge her, legitimately have a challenge. I mean, everyone can win a fight, but legitimately have a challenge.
0: How do you get motivated to want to fight? You don't want to beat up. You don't want to punch down. That's a good point. And we've been talking – we talked about this last time. Maybe there's something to her retiring now that will let her retain the GOAT status, right? Mm. She's at the top. There's no denying that she's currently at the top of her game. Yeah. They're they're really... I mean, what is she going to do? Get a third title? Not impossible, but... She'd have to drop down to 125. Yeah. Not realistic weight-wise. That's the other thing. She cleared out two divisions. Two. Two divisions. Not one. Two. And she's destroying... She owns both of them. Yeah. So there's nowhere left for her to go. So she... If she slowly eases herself out, she will always be the undisputed goat. You know know
1: what's fucked is that the only fight that people want to see with her that I can tell is between uh, Valentina Shevchenko. I know. She's two weight classes lower than what she just fought at. They've already fought twice, and Amanda's won both times. The fact that somebody she already beat two times— so one of them was close decision. They're pretty close fights, but yeah. she beat her twice. The fact that that's the most compelling fight and it's two way classes below the one she just fought at shows you how there's not anyone left in her
0: divisions right now. Yeah. It's scary when you think about it. In a weird but way.
1: she also doesn't owe it to anyone to not retire or to retire. She could just go on beating girls up that are not as good as her and collect paychecks. She's, she's earned it. Yeah. She could
0: do either or. Yeah.
1: Um, I don't know if anyone's going to, pay to watch that if she starts if she starts demolishing chicks the way cyborg did then people will pay to watch it because it's the tyson effect right yeah yeah
0: um i don't know part of me would is would be interested to see the division clear up a little bit mm. so we can get a little bit more competition in there like realistic competition
1: yeah it's i think it's going to be almost like when um it's going to be a little different as it evolves but I think it's going to be one of those, if she decides to stay in, you're going to get this Ronda Rousey thing where it's just unbeatable, this, that, and the other thing, and then someone's going to come in, they're going to think that she's cannon fodder, and she's going to blow her out of the water. And yeah. then we're going to be like, wait a minute. But the thing is with with Amanda is that she's beaten all the one-trick ponies. She's beaten all the girls that are well-rounded. She's beaten the Mike Tyson in Cyborg. She's beaten the, the Calm Cool Collected Game Planner in Holly Holm. She's beaten the stand-up, Standout out and Duraname, like she beat she's beating them all
0: yeah like so what is left
1: so what's left it's gonna be it's gonna have to be this this girl we've never heard of yet yeah it's gonna be yes. this young prospect that comes out of nowhere who's just the next generation
0: I mean best case scenario a year from now we're we're excitedly talking about prospects yeah. You know what I mean
1: yeah so maybe it maybe it is the right move for her. maybe it's not
0: but Someone's gonna a,
1: have to come in like Conor McGregor and talk mad shit to get her to come back to fight them, so that they can make a name. And off that's her the other thing she's saying she's
0: she's saying she's retiring. We'll see her in a couple of years. Yeah, there's there's no ifs ands or buts. Next, Joe Silva. Okay, so it's your turn. What's up? So Joe Silva
1: has been in the MMA news lately. Joe Silva used to be the UFC matchmaker forever. Matchmaker, 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 make, make me match. Matchmaker. Okay, so Joe Silva is was a UFC matchmaker forever. Always was talked about, but he was one of those guys where, when you mention his name, if you were a UFC fan, even if you were an avid UFC fan, you would know the name, but you wouldn't really have a face to put it with necessarily because he kind of was in the spotlight, but not in the spotlight. Never Got did it. a lot of interviews or anything like that. And... I remember always having this weird, like, why. Like, me and my buddy talk about, like, this guy's the guy that makes all the matches. Like, Dana White's right in front of everything. He's in your face. He says the fuck word a lot, like, all this shit. But Joe Silva was one of those guys. He always got talked about, he was always the matchmaker, but, like, was kind of like in the spotlight, but out of the spotlight. And there was always this weirdness to that. Where, like, he would be at some announcements and he would talk a little bit. But, like, it was always just, like, this awkward – not awkward, but just a strange kind of a setup.
0: Yeah, yeah. I see what you're saying.
1: And I don't know who brought it out first. it was Gray Maynard. Or, but basically everyone's coming out now and just talking about how much of a scumbag this guy was, if oh. you're taking their word for it. Like, basically – accusing him of, like, shit-talking people before they go out to fight, uh, saying, like, hey, if you don't win this fight, like, you're getting fired. Have a good night. Shit like that. Or, like, you know, some guy has a bad contract negotiation, and they go up to the opponent, and they're like, I want you to hurt him. Like, fucking hurt this guy. And then, like, John Fitch said that he negotiated his contract And he got way more money because I guess he was in negotiation with Joe Silva. And Joe Silva was like, no, fuck you. You're not worth that much. And then he ended up getting it signed with Dana White. And then Silva was just like, the second that you lose, we're going to fucking pay you out for the rest of your contract and re-sign you for half as much because it's going to be cheaper for us. And that way you don't get paid. Like... You don't know who to believe in these things, yeah. but there's been a lot of fighters that are coming out with stories that are all kind of the same genre of, like, that douchey guy behind-the-scenes behavior. And it could be just, you know, disgruntled employees or fighters thinking that they're not, whatever. But Gray Maynard was another one who said, you know, uh, he, he was saying, after the one guy came out and told a story about um, how Joe Silva... Asked someone to, to, to go out and, and hurt him for not whatever, or basically. Gray Maynard came out and said, I was one of the guys that was asked to do that. Oh. Like, there was a thing that went bad, so they put me in there against this guy that wasn't really that good. They knew I was going to destroy him. And it was like, co- toe the company line. But then he was saying, like, when I finally got my thing, like, I got fight of the year. I fought for two titles. He's like he made sure I got paid the lowest amount in my contract. And he's just like like a lot of things are coming out with this guy. And he hasn't been with UFC for some time now. Oh, good. But it was always strange weird. Like because and I'm not saying like we like me and my buddies that were talking about him, like had like this foresight that he was like some mastermind, evil person. But because of that awkwardness for years of him like he's always there, but he's never there like in the in the spotlight ignore the man behind the curtain in the gut feeling it's like i tend to think that some stuff like that might have some validity to it yeah yeah because that seems like he he acts like somebody in in from what i remember that might do shit like that totally speculative but it just seems like it could be there's some merit to some of the things these guys are saying it's fact yeah like he would tell people like you're not good enough to be this or you're not good enough to be that and you're just a 500 fighter
0: and all this stuff so that's fucking that kind of shit bothers me part of me wants to keep like the curtain in front of my eyes and not know about all the politics behind the scenes but at the same time you can't do that yeah it's all speculation yeah it's
1: it's he said she said joe Uh, silva i don't think has commented on any of this so far
0: it's probably best he doesn't
1: but he's one of those guys that never liked the spotlight really anyway so, wh- whatever. It's just a fun conversation to have. So, fun conversation. You, you know that guy? He's a
0: fucking dirtbag. Scumbag, bro. Scumbag.
1: Yeah, I don't know if it's true or not, but it's it's something
0: that's being talked about a lot right now. If it did happen, it's a shame that that kind of thing can. It's a dirty be. business. Yeah. It's a dirty business. Like, kind dirty of shit business. bothers me like crazy. Next up. Next up. Hall versus Romero. Okay. So, Uriah Hall. You know who Uriah Hall is? I do. We saw him fight a couple of times. Yeah. Not a lot, but a couple of times. Crazy, crazy
1: good striker. Yeah. Against Romero. This fight is interesting. I would not expect him to put this fight on. But I think if, again, if Romero has a fucking spectacular outing, he's right back up there in talks of a title shot or title eliminator shot. Like, he's always in the mix. He's going to be fighting till he's 106. Yeah. Um, Hall is one of those guys who he's either hot or he's cold.
0: We had this conversation about him, and I think last time he fought, he was cold. I, I, you know I what? I don't remember, but it's gonna bother me. Can I have the mic? Er... Yeah, 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 yeah. Look
1: him up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. I, I mean, I would have to say that Romero takes this one, but yeah. Ry Hall's is no joke, dude. Yeah, you never know. I mean, and after the last performance with like Izzy and and Yoel were like, they just had a standstill. I'm still
0: kind of like taken aback by that fight.
1: Yeah. That was such a weird experience.
0: You know, you know like...
1: Yeah. Um, I was talking about this with somebody before, earlier today, with um, how underrated and underappreciated Robert Whitaker is. Why? The, because Robert Whitaker fought Yoel Romero twice okay. and almost lost both those fights. Some people thought Yoel won the second fight, Definitely. But he went five rounds with Yoel twice, and they didn't have this the kind of fight that. Um, oh, yeah, he did fight uh, Carlos Jr.
0: Oh, you know what? I'm wrong. He was. He's off of two wins. Yeah. So. Long time ago. Well, he, not long time ago. But-
1: yeah, so he fought Yoel twice, and Yoel dropped him in both fights, like had him hurt to where he almost finished him, right? And they went back and forth in this crazy, a couple crazy exchanges. And. I think that that took a lot off of Robert's chin. Especially, like, going in his career. Because Yoel changes people when he fights them. And then Izzy was in there with him. Izzy took one big shot that kind of landed. And as soon as he did that, it was like a stalemate for the rest of the fight. So weird. And it's crazy because, like, Izzy was the one that was calling out Yoel and, like, all this stuff. So it was kind of awkward to see that kind of a fight. Because Yoel... You know he lulls you to sleep and everything, but he's he's been in boring fights, but he usually always has some exciting moments in the fight. There was none in that fight.
0: And it was almost five none. rounds of it. Yeah, it was a long. It was twenty five minutes of watching two people kind of skirt around with yeah. an occasional punch or some weird ass thing.
1: And what's crazy is this: like, um, Paul Acosta is going to fight Izzy next. Yeah, and Joel and Paul Costa fought. And had that crazy war. I remember that. That war where most people would be dead. Yeah. And But they're both such beasts. Yes. But it's interesting to me because Paul Acosta and, and Yoel basically were mirror images of each other in that fight. Just going shot for shot. Yeah. So how is Izzy going to react to that? I don't know
0: because... That's not the same UL that we saw in the Izzy match.
1: No. And I think it was because Izzy was not engaging. Now, it's both guys are to blame because both guys weren't engaging. But I think the reason why Izzy was not engaging is because he was not confident that UL would not switch to wrestling. I don't think he's going to be as hesitant with Paul Acosta because he doesn't have the wrestling pedigree that UL has. And he's not going to be that worried as he would have been against UL about picking him up and slamming on his head and not being able to get up. So I think it'll be a different fight. But again, Yoel is probably the scariest dude at any point in time in the division, if not in the UFC.
0: <laughs>
1: so he's that dude who, um, Teddy Atlas says it about Deontay Wilder, he has an eraser on his hand. He can make a thousand mistakes in his essay. But he's just one of these and it erases all of them. It just erases all the mistakes that were made in the Every, fight. Everything just goes away. Everything, goes away. everything goes away. So I'm excited for that fight. That's a fun fight.
0: I'm excited. For I'm you, excited, right? too. Why the fuck not? All right. So we're going to be doing a little bit of a fight forecast for you guys for this upcoming weekend. We have fight. Uh, I think it's just a fight night.
1: Yeah, I think it's a fight night. I forget which one it is. But we got to sh- throw out some love to uh, Jersey's own Jim Miller. Um, What's he's, up, Jim? he's fighting Roosevelt Roberts, who just fought. On uh,
0: May 29th. They are running out of fighters, dude. Well, he did but, so
1: well. Remember he fought the guy Brock? The guy that was kind of like uh, dressed up like the Native American. He had the fucking headdress when he walked out. Oh, yeah. Remember we said he looked really good. He was on point and he was he was doing very, very well. And we were, I, I said, yeah, we were yeah, talking yeah. about the podcast. I said, this is a guy to watch. He's an up and comer. He's looking like better every time we see him. Um, He's fighting less than two weeks from now.
0: That's cr- that's crazy.
1: Uh, uh, no, he's fighting in, in a couple days. What? In a couple days. But he only fought, what, two weeks ago.
0: Yeah, we're going to look it up right this second.
1: Yeah, so it'll be three weeks from his last fight. Because he fought on May
0: 30th. May 30th.
1: Yeah. It's June. This weekend is going to be June 23rd? June 20th. June 20th. June 20th. That's crazy. Yeah, so it'll be exactly three weeks. That's
0: not... A, that damn.
1: Yeah, so... This is going to be a real uh, eye-opener to how good Roosevelt Roberts is because Jim Miller is a fucking savage. He's been in the game a long time. Every time people think that he's done and out, he comes back and has like this crazy victory where he pulls out a submission or he he pulls out something. He's a crafty veteran. He's been in the game a long time. He's been in there with some of the scariest dudes on the planet. For Roosevelt Roberts coming up, this is one of those things where they're putting – like the next chess piece in front of him. And we're like, can you get in front of this? Mm-hmm. Like if you can, you may move on to the next level. But this is when, this is, a, this is a big piece that he's got to get through in Jim Miller. Because of his experience and, you know, the fact I'm that he's been in it. so many of these fights, um, it's not an easy fight for anyone to fight Jim Miller. So this is one of those, like the old guard meets the new guard.
0: And we get to see if and we get to see hands.
1: if Jim Miller can pull off another crazy victory or if Roosevelt Roberts is ready to step up to the next level. Cause Jim Miller is, is that guy like, I hate to use the word gatekeeper, because it, it downplays a guy's career and it almost like you're looking at them like they're never going to be in title contention again. I don't like using that because it, it almost seems like a derogatory term.
0: Yeah, plus it almost becomes a self-fulfilling prophecy if once yes. people start really perpetuating it. Yes. And you don't want to see that happen either because you never know. Guys no. Can make, don't call it a comeback. Yeah, exactly. Years. But at
1: a, at a to a certain extent, I do have a lot of respect for that term in, because it means that – you fought so much and you are so good that you are the the definition of the next level. Like you are the guy that is so tough to beat that we're, the, that we test guys against yeah. you to see if they're ready for the big time. Like it's a term of endearment and, ha- and, and, and at the same time, a term yeah. that is, is not looked on very favorably, but he is in that position where he is, um, the guy where if you beat him, you are ready to go to the next level because he is that tough, and he has been in that many fights where he's proven himself. So I'm excited for this fight. He's Goro. He's Goro. Just nothing like him. But yes, he is.
0: But like Goro is like – The metaphorical you, Goro. The metaphorical Goro. Once you get to Goro, you know you're in the big leagues. Yeah. And if you get past him, you know the real shit is about to happen. And Goro's a bad motherfucker. And he's a badass motherfucker. Yeah. yeah. Oh, that's what I'm going with. All right. Up next. <laughs> <laughs> I bet you Jim Miller would choke out Goro. Probably. Uh, Curtis Blades versus Alexander Volkov. Um, yeah. So – I don't know. Uh, you know these what, guys. What UFC is. How do you win?
1: You don't know what UFC is? How do you win? <laughs> <laughs> how do you score points? <laughs> score points. There's a basket and there's a puck. And, and, you, and you
0: pay off the judges. That's yeah. how it works, right? Okay, yeah.
1: so we got Curtis Blades versus Alexander Volkov. Is
0: Alexander the one that's freakishly tall?
1: Yes. Volkov was the guy, I believe, who was fighting Derek Lewis and was winning the whole fight. And in the last 10 seconds, I think 10 seconds, he got knocked out. Because uh, he tried going out and playing with not playing with him but like engaging when he should have just been on his bike so Curtis Blaze is another guy who he's right there crazy wrestling holds you down has knocked people out on the ground before like no joke he's beaten a lot of good guys yeah, yeah, yeah. but then every time he gets to like that next level next level he just falls short and these two are kind of in the same category right now right they're there's like uh, you know, there, there's there's four spots filled on the varsity team, and there's one spot left, but there's two guys trying out. And these are the two guys trying out. So they're in that spot where one guy's going to go up and another guy's going to go back to the drawing board. And I don't know who the fuck it's going to be because both of these guys have the ability to beat one another big time. Like, Curtis Blades has a grappling advantage. Yeah. Um his striking has been looking a lot better, but Volkov, I believe, has a striking advantage in this. So, it's
0: one it's one of those things of who gets who.
1: Yeah. In what way. And they're both freakishly large men. Like Volkov is the tall, long guy. Curtis is like, I think he's six four, but he's broad. Like yeah, he's a yeah. big guy. Um This is just gonna be a good fight. I think this is gonna be a good like You're getting me all amped up. Yeah. It, it, to but it. it's just gonna be one of those One of those, like, you can enjoy it. Like, this is what the sport is about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I don't don't have a dog in this fight, so we can just watch it. Like, just watch the fight. Two very highly skilled guys that haven't made a huge name for themselves yet. So they're hungry. They're up and coming. They want to get after it. And they're fighting for this next spot, this next big fight. So, and it's two guys that were pumped up in the past, and they had a loss. Or two losses or, you know, a little bit of a derailment, but they're back on track. So this is, this is, this could be the beginning of one of them for like two, three years from now. It's like, oh, this is the fight that changed their path of
0: their career. Don't get me excited, dude. Yeah. Don't make me feel like that this is going to be a moment. So I'm excited. I'm excited too. All right. So I don't want to run too, too long, but I had a question for you. Yes, sir. I had this thought the other day and I waited for the podcast to ask you this. Okay. What are your thoughts on ice cream? No. So. <laughs> no. So. We were watching. I forget what fight it was. And it just occurred to me. Do. What are your honest thoughts on five round fights?
1: Like are they too long? Yeah. Okay. I've heard a number of fighters say. One in particular that I know is, is thinks that they're too long is Chael Sonnen. And. How I feel about that right off the bat is I've never fought, I've definitely never fought in a fucking cage. Yeah. Well, I've I've never fought in a cage. Never fought professionally. Never fought amateurly. None of that. All out the window. My opinion is dog shit. Let alone somebody that's gone five rounds. He knows better than me. That's Whether fair. it's his opinion or not, he knows what that's like. That's And, fair. and an, he's a professional athlete. The issue that I run into as a fan is. It's the only way I can think of to give a difference in title fight versus non-title fight. I think anything more than five rounds is ludicrous. I agree with that. Is ludicrous. Anything less than five minutes, you're not giving grapplers enough time. Okay. Because if you go out there and it takes you two minutes to get a takedown, you finally get the takedown. But you're using boxing time with three-minute rounds. you got a minute to work. So it's...
0: It's it's it, it favors the striker. Yeah. I think you and I are almost wholly in agreement when it comes to the time within rounds. Because you're right. it's You have to get past – if someone's a good striker, you have to get past that if you're a grappler. You have to give them a chance to be able to do that. Yeah. And if it's a, a two-minute round and they spend a minute just getting to the legs, you don't have a lot of time to do it. I mean, things can happen, whatever. But yeah. Yeah, okay. Pride
1: so, used to do a 10-minute first round. That's crazy. It's crazy, but it favored the grapplers a it lot. makes sense. Because if you got put on your ass two minutes in, you got eight minutes left to go. You just can't hang out there. No. So –
0: For the sake of argument, let's pretend still five-minute rounds, Though that's locked in. Okay. We'll, we'll pretend that that's by law. It's mandated by the heavens. I think that – I think I I like five rounds.
1: Okay. From a selfish, purely not worried about anyone's health or whatever standpoint, I like five rounds because it does separate the champions and the main eventers from the rest of the crowd, right? It also brings into play a different aspect of the sport. You can't just put your foot on the gas pedal.
0: Yeah, it does. It does. Right? It does you change to, things. You have to
1: now – It, it, it allows for the okay you want to sprint you can sprint but if you don't fucking knock me out now you got four more rounds to go not two yeah so you might want to think twice about the sprint or you might just want to go for it but know that it's going to favor the long distance runners which have a hard time sometimes in the three round fights because they can't get their like we've all seen those fights where the guy wins the first two rounds loses the third round and everyone is like
0: if that was two more rounds who would have won see that's almost my problem with it though Which – and I I completely see your point, but it's almost like you're playing two different sports. You're not. You're not. Yeah. But it's almost like – and I'm saying this just for the sake of fucking argument. Like, I don't – I mean, I care, but I don't really care. Like, if they weren't to change it ever, who gives a shit? Yeah. But if you've you've made your career or, like, your progression off of being this, like, heavy hitter and then you get into a five-round fight – it's almost, it's almost kind of like it, – it almost doesn't feel fair. You know what I mean? It's almost like you're doing something different just because someone says, but well, now, now the rules have changed. That's true. Which literally it physically is, I guess. But think about know.
1: all the dudes who weren't God-gifted with power and had to fight through cardio in three rounds. Now they actually like, hey, I can actually implement my game plan because there's two more rounds. I had to suffer my whole career, and I, I don't have the gift of – of the tyson power so i had to fight like this so now it's my time to shine yeah that's true too but and also too there's no guarantee it goes five rounds fighting is one of the only sports in the world where the game doesn't have to take place over a set allotted amount of time It can end at any point in time um i think anything more than that is ludicrous for two reasons for safety and because you start making guys Uh, do what happened in boxing, right? So boxing used to be, like, unlimited rounds back in the day, like, way back in the day. And then they started shortening it. And then for a long time, it was 15 rounds. It's a ridiculous amount of time. Yeah. It's uh, 45 minutes. That's ridiculous. Right? 45 minutes. That's insane. Of fighting. So what you had is, like, you know, the first couple rounds or whatever, like, guys would just, like, you could tell. Guys were like, listen.
0: We ain't doing anything. Like,
1: (laughs) fucking, you know, we're both going to be t- – then you had some savages that would just go after it. But then they lowered it to 10 and title fights to 12, I think. But you're getting closer to the sweet spot with that when you're talking about, all right, guys have enough energy to go that hard. But it's not short enough to where, like, guys can just blast out and not have to worry about cardio. Yeah. Like, it's, it's, a, it's a touchy balance. You don't want it to be so long where guys are actively – both fighters are like, all right, we're going to take this round off because it's a necessity. It's a necessity that I take this round off. Not, I'm going to take this round off because I didn't train hard enough. Yeah. Like, it's just physically impossible to go hard for that many rounds. And I think that the UFC is flirting with that line with five-round fights, but it's it's doable. Okay. It's doable. Talking from somebody that's sitting in a fucking chair, not doing fucking shit. I mean, it is what it is. But I'm just saying, I like the fact because it splits it, and I liked it even more that they started doing all main events because back in the day when you fought for a title, you your only time to get five rounds in a real fight was in a title fight. So if your main eventing was a title fight and you never fought in a title fight, you're in totally uncharted waters. That's
0: it. That's your first chance.
1: Whereas now every main event is a title fight. So you might get, hey, I know what this feels like. So I got to alter my training because I wasn't as prepared as I thought I was for five rounds. Or maybe I got to pace myself more in the second or the third. Whereas if you don't, you don't want to learn that in a title fight. No. You don't want to learn how to do that in a title fight. You want to know how to do that. Even if it comes from
0: a loss. I do agree with you there. If if there are five-round fights, it should be both. It should just be all main events. Yes. That does make sense to me. Yeah. Yeah. That's basically where I'm at. Yeah, I like it. I like the conversation. I like like the questions. I like the questions too. I don't like your answer because you're a fucking idiot, but that's besides the point. Anyway, let us know what you think of five-round fights. Are they better than three-round fights? Are they worse than three-round fights? Am I right? Is Andy right? Who fucking cares? Does nobody care? Uh, Let us know what you think of this weekend's upcoming fights and the fighters that's happening and all those news stories that we gave you because they're fucking dope as hell. Dacqueries. Don't forget to go to BroDownPro.com as we ignore that comment. and We'll catch you guys next time. You're listening to Bro Down podcast all fucking day. Oh.